Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing a weekly dive of all the news, discussion, and condensed nerd talk you need for virtual reality gaming every Friday. I'm Rob McAfee, producer and editor of this podcast. Unfortunately, our lovely host, Destiny Wheeler, could not make it to this week's podcast, but today we have myself. I'm Jay Bratt, a virtual reality YouTuber. I'm Adam Charlton, a software developer who works with VR, who also thinks noise-canceling headphones are basically black magic. <laughs> are they like like black magic like they're not okay or black magic like they're too they're they're too mysterious? Like black magic is one of the only things that I've constantly tried to learn how they work and will never ever understand. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's not actually uh... It's it's not that hard, I promise you. It's, I mean, that uh, you can get like really in depth, but it's it's more or less just like if you picture a waveform. For every up, you do go down, and for every down, you go up. Right, and that's and the part I get. Okay, maybe out. we're going off track of VR a little bit. But that <laughs> is the black started, magic part. It's like the podcast. <laughs> right, it's like track. let's cancel a sound with the same sound. It's like yeah. I'm just going to play the same sound for you twice as loud, except it'll just destroy the sound. Yeah, that's black magic. I don't care what you say. That is black magic. It's actually something I can do in a program. I can cancel out sound by reversing the wave, and basically nothing will play over the speakers. <laughs> okay. Burn them as a okay. witch. <laughs> no, please. All right. So as some of you can see, some of you don't know yet, we are actually sitting in VR, interacting as if we were really together in one room. So check out the YouTube channel if you want to see us and our lovely VR faces. We run this podcast in three sections. First, a VR gaming news section. Second, we'll be talking about our experiences with my hands aren't moving again. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay, where was I? Second, we'll be talking about experiences with some of the new VR games to come out. And then third, we'll be having a discussion that changes week to week. Adam has a little bit to say on that. Sure thing. This week, we're going to be talking about how to stay safe while playing VR. Last week, we were able to, for our discussion topic, we were able to cover VR in quarantine. Check out last week's podcast to hear all about it. Join our Patreon and Discord communities to give your suggestion for what we should talk about each and every week. So we're going to be talking about this because there was, it's not, it didn't, it didn't quite make our news segment, but there was a hilarious video. Some of you probably already have seen it of this guy just. (laughs) <laughs> he was playing i think it's called the plank i forget Richie's what it's called. plank experience yes it's very yes. immersive <laughs> <laughs> he just jumps off the plank but like in real life <laughs> so in real life he just like oh no adam what are you doing <laughs> i just had to stretch my legs a little <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in in vr adam just like got up from his chair and walked around the table for a second <laughs> so um yeah, we, we found that hilarious, and we felt felt it prompted a discussion on VR safety, how not to face dive into your TV. All right, with introductions out of the way, let's move on to our news segment. Our news segment this week is brought to you by Nobody. We still have no sponsors. This podcast is relatively new. But if you would like to be our sponsor, please reach out to me at ripmcafee at fulldivepodcast.com. That's R-I-P-M-C-A-F-E-E at fulldivepodcast.com. If you can't remember that, just check the description. It should be right there. Let's see. Our first news piece of the week. Take it away, Jay. So our news this week comes from the most exciting people we know, 
ourselves. We've been getting so much support from you guys this past week. We've decided to give back. We're going to be holding a giveaway for both our public Discord community as well as our incredible Patreon supporters as soon as we get more. Join the Discord <laughs> community for a chance to win a Steam copy of Super Hot VR. Support us on Patreon for a chance at both Super Hot VR and Skyrim VR. Thank you so much again, everybody, for your continued support. If you're new here, we encourage you to follow the podcast on your favorite podcast platforms, subscribe to our YouTube channel, ring the bell, do all the things you know what to do, and you can, of course, <laughs> find all these in this episode's description. We are still, as of this, my hands, please, thank you, <laughs> my hands, uh, God damn it, not my hands, <laughs> my, the, the, the podcast, my goodness, the podcast is still not on Apple, and once it's on Apple, it's going to be on a couple of the other, um, like Overcast and some of the other popular platforms, it's still in submission, there's nothing wrong, it's just in submission, apparently Apple's got a huge backlog of a podcast to review right now because everyone's at home creating podcasts apparently i guess we've got a lot of competition <laughs> we but started yeah, the plans for this podcast before quarantine this is not a quarantine resort thing this has been yes. in the works we should be bumped to the top of the list come on apple <laughs> this has been a long time long time project all right um I, shoot i've Full disclosure, I'm going to be working on my ums throughout the entirety of this podcast. And whenever I say um, I'm probably going to have a moment of, oh, gosh, darn it, rip. Why are you like this? So, news piece number two, Adam. All you, man. Wait, never mind. This is me, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we have a we have like a, a, a section that says um, who found it and who presents it. And I was reading the, the person who found it, which was me. Or no, was Adam. Adam found it. I'm presenting. I will now present it. <laughs> so Oculus has sold over $100 million in Quest orders. Super crazy numbers. According to Lucas Matney at TechCrunch, Oculus released these new sales figures as a sort of one-year anniversary for the initial launch of the Oculus Quest headset. Uh, for those unfamiliar, that's the, the Oculus. So Oculus has like, Right now, it's selling two main versions, the Oculus Rift S and the Oculus Quest. The Rift S requires a PC. The Oculus Quest can connect to a PC, but primarily it's used by itself. You don't need anything to attach to it. So you just spend the 400 bucks, ducks, 400 bucks, and you're done. That's, that's what that is for those who need a quick catch up. That's a huge amount of software sales. I mean, as if they're releasing these publicly that's going to bring more developers in because they're saying wow there's a lot of money going to the quest and i i totally understand that because as i owned a quest and played games like even games i had already played on psvr i was like okay i want to experience this game completely wirelessly like super hot's the perfect example i was like i want to be able to run around my room kill all these red guys and so i bought it again i mean Quest changes VR so much that you want to re-experience things even that you haven't experienced. You want to experience all the new things. So it doesn't surprise me that it sold this much, but I think it's really great news because other developers are going to say, oh, I want to get on Quest because Quest needs more games currently. Their, their library is still a bit small for my taste. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a reason for that, though, in that programming for the Quest is actually really different than programming for almost any of the other headsets, except PSVR, which is still a bit of a black sheep in the VR community. <laughs> <laughs> um, but programming for Quest, everything can use SteamVR, everything is PC-based, but when you're designing for Quest, you have to keep a lot of, it has a lot of strengths, completely wireless, you're not 
tethered down by anything. But it does require some specific programming to get it to work exactly the way you need it to. Um, and so seeing a lot of revenue coming through the Oculus Quest store definitely will encourage some more developers to start moving their content and putting that effort into getting their content onto the Quest. Mm-hmm. This, this news is... This news is a little bit. <laughs> uh, oh my god! Just because it's, it's Android, right? Isn't that the problem? That's why it's so different. Yeah. It's on. It's Android different device. enough that I actually don't even know what it is because I haven't bothered looking at it. <laughs> okay, I think oh, it's, it's through Android, so I think that's why it's so much different to program than PC. So yeah, I'm no developer. I have no idea, but I think that's why. See, now you have to do some research, Adam, so that like you got we want you to, you know, speak professionally on this. <laughs> Tell right? you what, I'll come back next week with uh, with what I've <laughs> in your in your game section. Your game will be game developing <laughs> for the quest. <laughs> Moving on to news piece number three. Like I need to get that. I need to channel my inner. Um, what's that old show that was like on Animal Planet? The 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 most extreme i think it was i don't know if anyone ever watched that when growing up <laughs> no well this next news about. piece yeah this next news piece it actually is presented by me this time <laughs> and so on this exciting news break is also about the oculus quest it no longer requires a usb 3.0 for the oculus link cable you can use any sort of usb cable that will basically fit into both your quest and the pc and you'll be able to run all of the typical Steam VR and Quest games um, as long as you have a cable that fits into it. Um, this is this is currently huge. in beta. Yeah, so this is currently a beta version of their Oculus software, but you should be able to use any USB 2.0 cables, which is basically every USB cable you own, right? Uh, to get their Oculus Link connection, you can opt into this beta by going to the beta page on the Oculus setting menu, then toggling on the public test channel, and then you should be good to go. This is awesome news because I, most of you know this here, but for those of you who don't out there, I had a quest and I sent it down to my dad so that we could stay connected and do stuff during quarantine. And I didn't get him the link cable. He has a good gaming PC actually that he bought. I'm not sure why because he hasn't even used it yet. And I was like, I didn't get him the cable. I didn't want to sell it up. I thought it was gonna be too complicated, but I, of course, sent him the cable that came with it. So that means this is in beta now, but if this launches fully to everyone, even that included cable will now work for this. So I don't have to worry about buying him another cable, getting that down to him. It's already there. And for those of you who had the included cable sitting around, you now have a cable that essentially will work if you go into beta or if this launches. I do feel bad for the people who bought the cables already, though, and now this news <laughs> comes out. That That seems harsh. What do you think? yeah (laughs) a lot of money was just spent but this i I don't know this is this is i'm you know progress is being made one of the big issues with the i've learned that i have to get my hands to re like reattach my hands by pressing the grip buttons which is super weird uh it's it's this is super big for like i i when you follow most of the vr subreddits especially the ones that like are specific to like oculus rift or oculus quest and all those there's a ton of people like, will my laptop run VR? And so many of the answers have been no, not because of like they had a bad graphics card, but simply because their PC doesn't have a USB 3.0 port. They'll have um, anything else, which has been a bummer, not just for Oculus Quest, but for Oculus Rift S, which 
keeps you from the entire Oculus line of software if that's if you're hoping to do PC gaming with Oculus, which is a large amount of people. They were not thinking about that. They're not thinking about laptop owners when they made you need a display port and a USB <laughs> 3. Like, the Rift S right. does not agree with a lot of laptop owners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is I, I'm I'm really happy that all those people I can now reply to saying, yes, you can play. Get that, <laughs> get that karma. Like, get out of here. Get that karma. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, <laughs> that delicious Reddit karma. <laughs> Yeah, so if you want to get these, if you're one of these people that, I don't know, it has an Oculus Quest sitting around and hasn't, oh, I guess that, okay, there's maybe a good amount of people that have their Oculus Quest, haven't done the link thing because they don't have any USB 3.0 ports, uh, just head o- uh, have it on good authority. That all you have to do is go to the Oculus settings menu, like in the Oculus software, go to the beta section, should be just one of the like top tabs, and then click uh, or toggle the let me read it here public test channel and then you should be good to go i hope and if not google is your friend <laughs> wow we are blowing through these news pieces we're only like 14 minutes in <laughs> we just we're just that efficient well this we're, next one yeah. will have plenty to talk about so for all you beat saber <laughs> fans out there Beat Saber sent out a tweet that got everybody super excited in the beginning and then a little less excited. They said, new content is coming next week. They said, 46 new beat maps across 18 songs. Now, most of us heard that and thought, 18 new songs? This is the new, this is the biggest Beat Saber song drop we've ever seen. No, 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 no. That is not what this is. This is 46 new maps across 18 of the songs we have. And since this article has come out, there's actually been official listings. You can find those online of what every single map is going to be. But we're talking more 360 degree maps, more 90 degree maps, a lot of one Saber mode maps. And now some people don't think about something like that. That's the one saber people say, oh, what's the point? Oh, it's kind of cool. That's actually something that really makes for accessibility. If people mm. have a hand that has been hurt, injured, they can play the one saber and actually still enjoy Beat Saber and love it. And for people who are on PSVR, you can't necessarily mod it and play Darth Maul mode, which you would be able to with one saber. So this is really big, especially quest owners who haven't modded theirs. PSVR owners, this is giving them a lot of new options to play. 46 maps is quite a bit. Even if it's with the same songs, it's going to bring more variety. It's going to be cool. Yes, it's the same songs, but hey, it, it's something. And that, on the other hand, it's free too. So we can't get too com- too whiny, even though we will. Mm-hmm. So uh, for those that haven't played, I said the word um again. Ugh. For those <laughs> for those that haven't um, played Beat Saber and aren't familiar, the, the one Saber modes aren't just the two saber modes without all the like left hand blocks gone or something. No, they're truly built for one saber. They're hard. Like if you ever played like the one handed versions, they, they can be just as tough as the double handed. They throw way more at you per second, which totally increases the difficulty and brings it back up to the difficulty you would have of ambidextrous activity. <laughs> I actually prefer the one-handed mode for a lot of the songs. It's yeah. one of the um, one of the ways that I've seen Beat Saber <laughs> described best is the 
Star Wars Guitar Hero, <laughs> where you're mm. playing Guitar Hero, but with lightsabers. Right. And one-handed mode lets you feel the most like, say, Obi-Wan Kenobi straight from Star Wars, where you're having your, your two-handing, that single saber, and just slashing everything that comes at you. It feels really good. And so these aren't just accessibility. These are great experiences, no matter who you are. <laughs> lightsaber on crack <laughs> just like <laughs> ah! <laughs> yes it is much more of an intense experience in some cases than even two-handed mode is just because mm -hmm. they can throw so much more at you without having to worry about the two different colors or two different hands you just have one saber and you are just slashing everything with it <laughs> right it, it doesn't have your difficulty if you're if you're looking for accessibility through decreased difficulty you will not find it in the one-handed mode Training mode fifty percent. That's what you do if you want it to be easier yes. for one handed. Yes. It almost the first time you play it, it almost feels like they took the two handed map and just changed all of it to the blue color. <laughs> it almost feels like you're just hitting all the notes you had to, but with one saber. It's not quite that, but it feels that hard the first time. For those of you who have beats here who haven't ever tried one handed mode, I definitely recommend it. But switch off, uh, switch hands during it. You can click the left handed mode oh, and it'll switch to the other yeah. hand. That way, you're not just wearing one side of your body out. <laughs> you'll look it's like a fiddler like crap fencing. after too long yeah <laughs> you know your one side of your body will just be super ripped and just have like a little wimpy left hand yeah t-rex t-rex arm on one hand and gorilla yeah. arm on the other <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on to our last news piece we are only 18 minutes in holy cow that's just i guess it's a lot of quest in fact this next one is yet another quest <laughs> piece of news so oculus quest has had a big week <laughs> it has and it's honestly really exciting that the quest because normally sort of one of the big ticket items for the oculus is like the oculus rift s and it's really good to see that the oculus quest is getting so much love um mm -hmm. and honestly as part of its standalone it's really exciting to see uh but anyway for the big oculus news this week to round it up the Oculus Quest now has hand tracking. So Oculus just added hand tracking today, allowing players to interact with the VR world without any controllers. The games of, specifically the games Waltz of the Wizard and The Curious Tale of the Stolen Pets, uh, which both are getting updates pretty soon. Uh, this gets um, this hand tracking style of play and developers themselves will be able to submit their games for this feature starting may 28th so this is pretty exciting it's vr but without the controllers and from the videos i've seen i haven't tried it myself yet but from the videos that i have seen the hand tracking is really accurate for these games have you either of you seen any of these uh videos about mm -hmm. the hand tracking I haven't seen the well, ones for the games, but I played with the hand tracking just as it was in beta with the menus. And oh. it was it was so interesting for me because I did that. I held maybe it's because I'm used to VR. I don't know what it was, but I held my hands out and I perfectly saw my hands. I was able to skim through the menus and I was like, this works perfectly. I let <laughs> really? other people try it and it didn't work at all for them. I don't know what the deciding factor was, but I don't know if it was maybe because I'm used to VR and stuff. I moved my hands maybe slower and more methodically, right. but they would just like try and do stuff all crazy and it wouldn't keep up. So I imagine these games have some sort of fail safe built in where wherever your hand was last 
past. If it loses it for a second, it stays there instead of just disappearing. I'm sure there's something mm. to the games that are going to be different than just the normal hand tracking. But one thing I think we should probably clarify here, because a lot of people who hear, oh, it has hand tracking, they're going to think, oh, it's had hand tracking. It's had hand tracking for a while. So like, what is Oculus announcing differently? Well, games are actually going to get to have it and all developers can submit it for their games. So that is a difference because yes, you've had it, but all you've been able to do is literally skim the menu with it or side quest in some sort of tech demo to try to play on it. Right. They, the thing, this is, this news to me was actually a little bit like, I mean, super exciting, but as someone who doesn't own a quest and instead owns a Rift S, I was kind of bummed. I was like, well, Rift S is inside out tracking. It can, it should be able to see my hands. Why can't I have hand tracking? (laughs) (laughs) Well, go to the Oculus subreddit if you want your answers to all that, because everyone there will tell you how mad they are that Oculus introduced the Rift S just to phase it out and focus everything on Quest and all this (laughs) anger and bitterness about how Quest is getting all these things. I mean, the Rift S, having owned both, they're great. Uh, Mm -hmm. They have different strengths. Yeah, and now the Quest has a really good strength, and the Rift S doesn't. <laughs> you still have a great screen with no screen door effect, almost. That's that's still huge to me. Right. I'm excited to see where this goes. The problem that I'm seeing is that the controllers allow you so much versatility in games. They allow you so much more options. I mean, I'm sitting here with my index controller right now, and my thumb alone can hit like five different buttons. And you can't mm-hmm. get that just with hand tracking. And so I'm a little bit worried about the amount of functionality that you can have from just going controller free. It seems like that these games, Waltz of the Wizard and Curious Tale of the Stolen Pets are able to do it no problem. But I feel like for a lot of games, I mean, try to play Pavlov or another really intense game without any controllers, just using your hands. I'm not sure if it's going to be possible. I, I was thinking about that because like, I mean, first off, it's nice to have a controller. I like that I can <laughs> hold something. Like if I'm holding a lightsaber or holding a pretend gun or. Oh. My right. I just had like a critical error because my right controller battery is low. Uh-oh. You see, this wouldn't have happened if you're using hand tracking. <laughs> <laughs> this is the perfect example of why hand tracking. Your, bat- your batteries in your hands don't run out. This is also the perfect example, again, for the millionth time of why oculus uh, uh what in the heck is he doing why oculus trying to should have put good strong battery packs in here that you could just recharge instead of making us change our batteries all the time <laughs> do we need to do we need to pause for tech diffs here yeah you know what all right we're okay. gonna can you guys I pause it here's me okay right, wonderful we're... intermission music <laughs> We are back from our temper. My hands, gosh darn it. I don't know why they keep doing that. We are back from the technical difficulties. Sorry, my right controller battery died, as we were saying. Some hand tracking would be nice for that. But with that out of the way, we are able to move on to our oh, nice second section of the podcast, the games we're playing. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, so I think we've all had a lot of time this week. Well, probably a lot of great games uh, out there. I know that my backlog is filling up more and more each and every day. Uh, it's a struggle to get through it. But <laughs> I'd love to hear from you two guys. Uh, Jay, is there any particular game that you tried out this week that you want to chat about? Well, I finally had my arm twisted enough to get in and try War Dust. Um, 
a little background yes. on me. I am not someone who plays a lot of military sims. I'm not someone who plays these big multiplayer 50 on 50, 20 on 20 kind of games. So War Dust not only felt janky and crazy VR wise, it also felt <laughs> extremely foreign just as a type of game to play for myself. That being said, after everyone had talked about it before, I expected it to look much worse than it did. So <laughs> when I jumped in, I mean, obviously, the textures of like rocks were these like flat, open textures on the mountains and stuff. But like as far as immersion and jumping in and feeling like you're in a crazy war zone, it actually pulled me right into the game. Not I, I was struggling to get my gun reloaded. I was getting shot from all directions. I was trying to find cover where there was none. I was really impressed by the amount of immersion the game had. Uh, it's 25 bucks, though. That kind of surprised me. I mean, that's not cheap, but in the realm of VR mm -hmm. games, in the realm of VR games, that's kind of on the higher end still at this point. So for a $25 game, it's it pulled me in. It was immersive, but man, it was foreign and weird to play. You you take the mag so you hold your gun if you're going to grab your gun off your belt you use on an oculus you use the grip button to grab it but then if you want to pull the mag out you use the trigger to grab the mag which on some level we kind of talked about like it makes more sense like in real life if you were pulling back your hammer or something you'd probably be grabbing it with your thumb and your index finger but to like switch up the model every vr game uses for how you grab stuff that was the part i actually had the hardest time getting used to was just the simple controls uh mm -hmm. To run, you have to aim your gun barrel at the ground. So, like, you hold your gun down. And, yeah, I had no idea. They had to tell me because I had no idea how to run. Everybody was running. I would go back and forth between running because I didn't know what was <laughs> happening. It, it, there, you do have to get past the jankiness and figure out the controls. And then you'll really start to enjoy the game, though. I really had a good time. I started getting more kills and feeling like I was actually contributing to my team. Although I think we didn't win a single match, did we? No, I we don't were. believe we Not did. Not one. <laughs> <laughs> we like played like that six. Yeah, I would like to think that wasn't because of us, but I don't know. It started to feel a bit pretty bad even when we tried switching teams that our team always lost. And this is a team of, what, 32 people? I mean, the three of us couldn't have drug it down that bad, but somehow we always managed to be on the losing side. So, Well, or typically does... we were doing pretty positive. It was just, I don't know. Like, whatever, there were just some guys on the enemy team, I guess, that, like, switched right when we did, that the entire <laughs> time were kicking our team's... Uh, AWS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were we were failing miserably, even though it felt good. I felt like we were getting all these kills and we were all like uh, announcing to each other over the comms this many down, this many down. And like, I was like, man, we're doing so good. Yet we just would lose every time. And it has this weird thing when you lose. It shows your team and the other team. And it says victory and defeat over each one. But like whatever team you're on, it shows a zero as your like point value, I guess. So it makes you feel like you just didn't do anything right. I had a good time. I'm not into war games. And for someone who's not into war games to be able to get into that game and actually play with some friends, it was still a really enjoyable experience. So thank you for dragging me into war dust and making me get shot a whole bunch. <laughs> and I actually Anytime. really enjoyed hearing about your experience because the things about the game that you said were really janky are actually pretty normal for most of us that have played war games before like the reloading <laughs> and things like that and that's the funniest thing i suppose that there's a certain amount of i'm going to say game literacy with war games that you just mm -hmm. sort of get used to how you're supposed to move you're supposed to run when you point the gun down and you know uh getting used to the controls when you reload and so it was really interesting hearing from you about a first timer, someone that's just barely breaking into this genre of games and how they thought of it. Mm -hmm. 
I'm so surprised that this is not something you've played before, seeing as if you like just go to like the Steam charts or just the Steam's like VR store page, like shooters take up most of the 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 most popular section, I guess. Well, I'm going to break the podcast here by saying this. I love VR. Shooters are the one thing that we have too many of. I think in VR, in <sighs> gaming in general. You're not wrong. There's so much more that VR can do. It can it can change things. It can make you see things from a different perspective that I think too many developers are still relying on the same old model of people loving shooter games. Shooters are great. They're great in VR, but there's got to be someone who takes this to a new medium. Beat Saber was one that did that. It, it, there's got to be more out there that we don't know yet that VR could just change and make amazing. And we haven't stepped into it yet. But VR is just such a perfect fit for <laughs> VR. And that's the problem. Like you, you caught VR's some of this in, in the war zone. You don't get the experience of Call of Duty when you're trying to reload and you accidentally drop the magazine. Like, can you imagine doing that in, in Call of Duty? You hit reload and your guy just fumbles around on the ground for his magazine. <laughs> but that's yeah. totally a thing that happens in VR shooters and it feels incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I agree. The, some people i brought some people into vr to play or play shooters that do enjoy shooters and they still didn't like vr shooters and it, really? unfortunately yeah but those are the kinds of people that mostly play like overwatch or mostly play um call of duty it's when you're looking sometimes you play these games truly for just the added added experience of immersion you're looking for like to me the fact that i have to take the like the mag out and pick up a new mag put it in and cock the gun is a feature and to other people it's an annoyance <laughs> so <laughs> i can understand it but i don't know i i agree adam it to, to vr shooters are a huge thing i was looking forward to when hopping into vr i play a ton of shooters i i, I don't know how cringy this is going to be for some people but i play a lot of uh, airsoft in real life as well so being able to hop into this <laughs> was that a was that a head shake <laughs> i don't know what it looked like on you but i was trying to head shake <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's fun it's not cringy unless you try and tell me that because you do airsoft, you could be dropped into a battle zone and actually oh, fight good. your way through. <laughs> yeah, you tell no, me that. I'll never claim cringe. that. <laughs> no, airsofters play airsoft, and they oh, and they should I, stay I'm not airsoft. A, <laughs> yes, I agree. Yeah, I like. Well, that's a that's a whole other topic, but yeah. So I play airsoft for the fun of it, not to pretend I'm some military guy. Um, that said, I still enjoy the, I love the mechanics of guns. I love the mechanics of like, I, I like that in VR, I can like lean around corners and I feel like I can just do so much more that I can't in a video game. Airsoft does the same thing in real life, but now I get to do it from the comfort of my home. You said something there that I really want to touch on as far as shooters go. You said you can do so much more in VR than you can do in a video game. And I think a problem that a lot of people who come to VR actually don't like the shooters is because 
they want what they could do in Call of Duty. And I'll tell you, in real life, I don't think there's any soldier that does a 360 no scope and kills someone. <laughs> like, Call of Duty is so far from realism. And I know this is alienating people who like Call of Duty. It's so far from anything real and the way you would actually fight that when you actually play a shooter or even like Half-Life Alex, you play a game like that, it suddenly makes you think about combat so much differently than you do in Call of Duty. You're not going to run into a room just just gunning and thinking you're going to take some down. You actually have to think, where is the cover? How am I going to use it? Yeah, How am I going to fight strategically? And it, I think a lot of people who come to VR shooters are thinking they're going to run around and do flips and shoot people off in the <laughs> distance. Like This is much more like a real experience. And I think that's actually why a lot of people don't love them that loved shooters on consoles. It's not the same at all. It right. almost yes. needs to be its own genre. Yeah, like when you say console shooters versus VR shooters, they're basically two different genres. They're both, you know, shooters, but they're they're so different from each other that they almost need to be their own separate category. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the kinds of people that, say, play Arma might have a really good time yes. with, <laughs> with VR shooters. And maybe Battlefield. Maybe that's, like, the closest middle ground we can get. Which, by the way, Wardus is very much like if you're looking for battlefield in vr that's what war dust is for i don't know if we like introduced the game too much at the beginning because we talked about it last podcast but just just a quick overview war dust is i think it's 32 versus 32 players you got vehicles it's mayhem it's it's just like a conquest if you're familiar with that game mode from the battlefield series yeah i think that more or less covers it yeah that's pretty accurate all right I've got a game that I would like to talk about. You mentioned, okay, well, first off, the game's Mini Motor Racing X. But before I get too much into it, did, have you played it? You said you said something about, like, is it the PlayStation VR game? I looked and it was not in my PS trailer. It had released on PSVR a little while back, but I had not gotten it. So thought I maybe had, but it was, it's a totally different game I was thinking. I was thinking of a, this one where you like play with little cars on a track and it was terrible. So no, your game looked much better from the trailer. Gotcha. So yeah. So mini motor racing is it's, it's kind of like Mario Kart in that you can accept, imagine Mario Kart, but if you wanted, you could also look at it from a bird's eye view and control your car as if it was an RC car and you can do either. I guarantee you it's way more fun when you're playing as if it's Mario Kart. <laughs> so it's, but it plays very similarly. It's got like, you can play just standard racing mode where all you can pick up our boosts. It's got a X mode or whatever it's called where you can like, I don't know, pick up power-ups and stuff. I didn't really care for that. So I only played around and went back to racing. What's the but, perspective? Because in the trailer, I was a little confused. It looked like there was different perspectives. So what perspective do you drive from? There's a lot of options. I drove truly first person i used my oculus uh, you can use controllers and stuff but i kind of found it fun to use my uh oculus touch controllers to actually grab the steering wheel and move it around and then you just uh press trigger and it, like your two triggers are breaking um acceleration and so that's that's how i played it but you can also do like traditional mario kart views where you're like either in front of it or you're behind it or you're even more behind it and then there's like one even further than that and then you've got a whole bunch of bird's eye options where not only can you look bird's eye but you can look at the track from different perspectives around the map so you can look at it from the south or the north or the east or low east or low north or whatever so a lot of different viewing options if i don't know if that's 
like your fetish (laughs) 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 but if you're if you're if you're gonna play it right okay there's a bit of motion sickness i will even someone who's like pretty over motion sickness there was a like playing in the front seat on this like super tiny map where you're just like drifting everywhere there was i had a little bit of like oh (laughs) playing my first time you said it's like mario kart is there weapons yeah yeah it's it's that you can pick up that those sort of things when you're playing that version of the game um or you can play a mode that's strictly just um like racing you can pick up boosts but that's it and cash but that's like part of the game leveling system okay but the big question is do you recommend it is this a buy um uh, maybe if you have the money or an absolute no (laughs) (laughs) live die (laughs) (laughs) um that we're doing stuff in the vr chat if um for those that were curious what i'm just talking about check out the youtube channel you'll see what i'm talking about so it's yeah i recommend it it's it's a definitely a good in between if you're if you don't want to get into something like say project cars which is something we talked about last week and you just want something that's really fun it doesn't require a huge hurdle in terms of getting into the game and just being able to drive the darn cars you don't need that much experience it's just it's it's like mario kart anyone can play it it's probably a pretty good game to own in your library if you expect to be sharing your your vr headset with people it's super polished there's a ton of maps it yeah it's it's a really well-made game actually i would have liked some of the maps to be a little bit larger perhaps but still like they're they're small maps you're just you're constantly drifting because of how small the maps are but it kind of i don't know it it made things actually a little bit interesting that way play it you'll see what i'm talking about yeah i'd say it's an it's an easy recommend it also was a i think it had a sale going on when i bought it no no it didn't have a sale it just had recently released and that's why i got it but i think it's worth its price because it's super polished there's a lot of content to get through and you can play with other people easy recommend Uh, there's a kicker yes no it was multiplayer yes it is it is co-op it has multiplayer racing yeah it's got a lot of options actually thinking back on it all right lots of stuff to do there (laughs) last week we had a horrible revelation uh major disappointment (laughs) we found out about our about our person here had never tried google earth i had not uh i you better be ready to i i can't even think of the saying i'm so mad what is it (laughs) it's like eat your eat your words or something i don't even know but you better tell us you you had to have tried this right you were supposed to do your homework so lay it (laughs) off yeah what'd you think (laughs) okay okay so not only did i play google earth but i actually had a um we had um i had the whole family try it out oh because i i I hopped in and immediately was like okay they got to see this (laughs) (laughs) it is it's absolutely i see why like this is one of the games to like show to people that are new to vr oh wow it's okay first off the low poly texture thing that you get when you're not like in streak view that was still there and i was based off how you guys were making it sound i was hoping that that would be improved significantly but no if you go truly to like if you go into the streets of a city in the 3d mode it's a little rough i think 
that said some areas really got a love it a lot of love and attention and holy cow it's super cool i wish there were more options in terms of like searching and filtering places uh, it's seeing like what is on the map but super cool to see all these places and with family especially my dad when he was young went on this big sort of world trip uh, when he was like early 20s and colin you don't know who colin is my my brother <laughs> <laughs> my my brother and i got to sort of sit back and relax and listen to my dad as he walked us through this journey he went through back in his 20s and it was a pretty incredible experience he showed us all these cities in south africa south america that he went through he took a ship to south africa his entire journey there it was just incredible and absolutely something to show to others they'll have a great time it's so cool to see all these new places i spent like four hours in switzerland (laughs) (laughs) just just around i think it's the matterhorn is what it's called yeah i spent four hours there just cruising like following the little like bike trails and some places have way more attention than others like china there's nothing and then switzerland had a ton of detail so your mileage may vary based off where you go especially like new york and you know the u.s has a lot of really fleshed out areas as well but yeah you guys are right it's incredible it's a must own it's free just get it guys (laughs) how how did your family do when you press the button i think it's like the the b the a button on the right hand and it like flips your perspective how did they do that make anyone sick i was wondering if they would mention that because yeah you're right when when you first do that it's like oh there's a little bit of a stomach lurch no they they uh, they didn't say anything so i guess it's okay yeah for those of you who haven't done google earth imagine you you look at google on your computer you look at street view imagine you've been sucked inside the computer and you can do everything on google from inside seeing it 360 around you it is a truly amazing experience and i think it's bigger and better especially for people who have nostalgia places they haven't been in a long time uh that being said really adam was the one who was like who who got these horrible facts out of rip that he hadn't tried it adam tell us a bit about tell us a bit about what you feel about your long experience with google earth as someone who knew what to try when they did vr yeah so i have a really long history with google earth so my father actually is in geography he builds all of these different geographic information products he's really big into maps and so i had some pretty high expectations going into google earth when i first tried it it still blew them all out of the water. And I know we chatted about this last week, but when I show people VR and everything it can do, there's two, maybe three experiences (laughs) that I show people. And that's Beat Saber, um, Pavlov sometimes, and Google Earth (laughs) VR. Mm -hmm. And it's Google Earth VR truly is the most incredible nostalgia trip you can possibly imagine. (laughs) I played a lot of it this week because after chatting with Rip about it last week, I figured that I needed to go back and re-experience and recapture a lot of the magic of Google Earth, right? And it truly lives up <laughs> to the expectation. Um, I just, I, I toured all the places. I lived in Japan and it just brought back so many memories. 
Um, and then I went and toured the Vatican. The Vatican's one of the cooler places. If you get it, it's sort of weird in Google Earth VR, but if you can get it just right, there's a lot of 360 cameras within buildings that you can view. Right. Um, and just seeing the history all over the world, one of the coolest experiences. Mm-hmm. I love when you like go to one of the, one of those sorts of places and you discover that someone's got, uh, uh, as they call it, connected photos, like connected 360 <laughs> yeah. degree photos. So you get yes. to actually tour a place. It's hard to explain. So I, I don't know if I really want to bother here, but like people take 360 photos and you, they connect and then you can like really tour. And it's, it's a special experience when you see that someone's done that for an area and you get to go through that. Google it. Try it, people. <laughs> yeah, it's completely free. There's no reason not to. <laughs> this really isn't. Uh, All right. Any more words of praise for Google Earth before we before we step in and out of off of the Earth and into space? Not that I can think of. Sometimes no, Jay, what do you got for us from space? <laughs> so I feel like I need to take a little bit of extra time to explain this because Echo VR is an Oculus exclusive, right? Right. Yep. So yes, there's a lot is. of you. There's some of you out there that may not have any access to this. You may not be able to play this. So Echo VR. This was my first time ever getting into it. The other day, I got in with these guys. Luckily, because you need someone to kind of teach you what the hell you're doing when you play it. Uh, Echo VR is. It's almost like an esports kind of uh, not not exactly soccer, but imagine if you had like a a soccer arena where you floated around in space though. And instead of a ball, you have a disc you're trying to get to the other side against the opposing team and score a goal, but you're in zero G you're completely floating around. You have little thrusters on your hands and you can punch each other in the face, which was just the craziest <laughs> thing. Ever. Uh, so you first thing you step into this game and it goes through this tutorial, which is really a really good tutorial for a VR game. It does a great job. It walks you through how you play, how you move and everything. And, and you're super glad it does that because floating around in space is tricky and it is difficult <laughs> learning to grab onto walls and push yourself. I mean, no one gets in and plays a great match their first time. I think even several matches and I never played a great match. Uh, you go in and then you catch up with your friends and you're in this big lobby and you can actually go customize your character. You can play with guns. There's it's, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of layers to this. I was surprised because for being something free, I thought this was going to be step into this little arena and throw your disc around stuff. I thought that was going to be it. It's definitely, you can tell it's tied to more. It's tied to echo battle and it's tied to all these other things. And there's more, there's a whole universe almost to this already. And I guess it's even got a big esports following. You were saying rip. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's got, um, I'd say it, Onward, and Pavlov are the biggest e- East. Let's see if I can do it. There we go. Esports <laughs> um, uh, commu- have the biggest esports communities. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy to think that a VR game, even this new to VR, could actually have one, but I can see why, because this could be very competitive. So you get in, the discs Super in there. polished. Yeah, it's super polished. It looks gorgeous. You're trying to go. And something that I learned on accident. So when you're flying around, it does this really nice thing. It keeps you upright the whole time. You just have to float around and grab the desk. Well, you can actually turn these options off. And you can not only have all this room to float around space, you can turn sideways. You can tilt up and down. Like, I want to watch the pros play this now and see how crazy this looks to see them. Because the freedom is completely limitless if you change these settings. I couldn't do it. I just ended up spinning in place. I had to turn all the settings back to safe and normal. But 
it you're you're talking with your teammates, you're trying to strategize against this other team, you're trying to let them know, hey, the guy's coming up on you because he's gonna punch you and take the disc away. It's 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 not it's like nothing I've actually played in VR before. I've played some VR games that are kind of like esports and stuff, but there's nothing quite like this. And I think that it really captures what VR can do because it actually feels like you're floating around in this room when you're playing it. You you lose your sense of space. I kept almost falling over because I wasn't expecting there to be any real gravity. It's really cool. And if you have an Oculus device, it's free. So there's no reason to not try it. And one thing that really impressed me too, from what some other people said, it doesn't tend to make people motion sick. And that's they, surprising. Yeah, that's it's got this HUD that floats in front of you, which I know can be really helpful. But with how crazy the movement is that most people say they haven't been able to get sick from it, it's they've done some sort of more black magic as you spoke of with this game. I don't know what they did, <laughs> but they I really think they knocked it out of the park with this one. And I was surprised how much fun I had, even sucking so terribly at it when I played. Yeah, this is a game that I keep coming back to because it it feels it truly feels what, what you hop in and you immediately know this is like a it's a polished VR experience. There's a lot of stuff you can do. It's it's like Beat Saber in that it's just it's going to be, I think, one of the classic VR games in that it's it's already got a decent sized community. It plays a lot like Ender's Game. If you're familiar with that series where the, like if, if you if you know what I'm talking about. You're already there. I don't need to explain more. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's super fun, and I I keep coming back to it. It's not as much as some other VR games, perhaps, but it's it's a wonderfully approachable game that allows you to still play a multiplayer VR experience. Because most of those are, as you were talking about earlier, most of those are confined to the shooter genre. This is, I think, the one of the best games you can play multiplayer, if not the best game you can play multiplayer that isn't that doesn't strap you to a gun. <laughs> Unless you're playing the combat arena, in which case you are strapped to a gun, quite literally. Yeah. And being an Oculus it, exclusive, yeah. I have, have you... not played it yet. So it is a Oculus exclusive, and I only have an HTC Vive. There are ways of getting <clears throat> on Vive, but yes, there are. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I have not taken the time yet to play it. Maybe I'll try that out this next week. Nice. If you do, let us know. We'll get in there with you. It'll it'll be fun. It's definitely oh, best with friends it. the first time because the people in the lobby, some of them, I mean, I was only in one lobby, but there was definitely at least one or two that were just already toxic and annoying. I wouldn't have wanted to play with them. So <laughs> go with just friends. like any other esports game. <laughs> what a surprise, right? <laughs> and I'm really excited to see how esports explodes in VR. And this yeah. sounds like it's an incredible game. I followed some of the Pavlov esports for a while, um, and it's really exciting and fun. But one problem I think that exists with sort of VR esports is that it's hard to watch sometimes. I don't know if you've ever tried to look up uh, on YouTube from someone's perspective in VR, but it's sometimes kind of hard to watch. Just because like and, nauseating, and, huh? Like nauseating, hard to watch? I wouldn't say nauseating, just disorienting a little bit. Watching someone's view going side to side and up and down all the time. It's a very natural sort of movement. It's how someone would look in real life. But it's not something that you typically expect from watching someone play a video game. Um, And I imagine that maybe that, that feeling might be a little bit worse in zero G. And like you were talking about, maybe when a pro plays it, they're flipping all over the place. They're going up and down like crazy. I can't even imagine what that would be oh, like yeah. to watch. 
it needs some camera say, smoothing or something for the yeah. perspective to help because if you don't have that you can, the problem with vr so for those of you out there who don't know this when you're watching a vr video if you have never played you're only seeing a very small fraction of what someone's seeing you're seeing a small itty bitty bit of it and they're also able to still move their eyes inside so you're not getting the experience they are you're seeing a small square of what they see and that had their heads moving fast so like you've said, it's extremely disorienting to watch, and it's nothing like what playing the game is like. That's still a big hurdle for VR, for esports, and VR, and everything. Mm-hmm. That almost is the motto of VR at this point. It's you won't understand it until you try it. <laughs> <laughs> we should have it like as the tagline for the podcast. Yes. You don't know if you'll like this podcast till oh, till till you try it. <laughs> but that's one of the great things it's it's hard to explain to someone but once they get into it it's fully immersive and right. it truly is amazing and that maybe brings us kind of into our next opinion section where it's <laughs> so it is so immersive that people can sometimes lose themselves in it and then interestingly dangerous things can happen <laughs> yes mm-hmm. yes Excellent. disclaimer Uh, disclaimer only one person that we know of has died in vr so it's not so risky that you know you could lose your life just you might you might cut a knuckle or punch someone you love in the face like nothing major you know (laughs) (laughs) all right that brings us to our next section the opinion section this week's opinion section is brought to you by no one because we have no sponsors still. But if you would like to be our sponsor, please reach out at Rip McAfee at fulldivepodcast.com. All right. For this opinion section, we kind of already hinted at it, but maybe you're on the YouTube channel of and are totally in the dark still. We are talking on VR safety. So that's, you know, it's it's super easy to you know accidentally kick cats it's it's so easy to get lost in the world of vr not think about your surroundings and some headsets have great safeguards built in some don't at all so how do we stay safe what do we do to not end up having to wrap our entire world in bubble wrap to keep ourselves safe uh adam i think (laughs) you have a good story about a time you were not very safe it was in the early days of my vr headset and i I heard this was playing pavlov (laughs) Pavlov and it was one of the first times that I kind of lost myself in VR a little bit and I grabbed the knife off my chest and I went to shank a guy and I punched the wall hard (laughs) (laughs) and you know this is not an altogether uncommon experience but it's Mm -hmm. something that honestly as VR moves forward needs and and as we create these more and more immersive experiences needs to be a bigger point of discussion than maybe it has been so far Mm-hmm. So, for those who haven't been into VR, generally the way that they try to save people is when you like first put up your VR system. The first thing you want to do in your room is you create a space visually, like through the headset. Where, or in the case of like the Vive or the Index, I guess you have to like walk around with a controller. But you you can set a wor- a safe space, and then when you're in VR, when you approach that space, either with your hands or your head, you everything's you like you suddenly see this uh, this grid system around you that shows you okay this is your barrier and it lets you sort of get your bearings in the real world and step back to the center of your play space, and that's the default thing. 
Now, clearly this isn't enough because people are still leaping into TVs and still punching walls. Well, so and do you guys not have any always, special solutions? They're not always clear enough in the Guardian setup. So it says, like, measure out your full play space. And so what people right. don't realize is they take and they measure it all the way to the wall. Yep. Yes. That's not going to help you. Yeah, because when you're in mid-swing, even as your arm's approaching that wall and suddenly the boundary comes up, it's too late. Your hand's already going for the wall. <laughs> so you need to set this boundary back, at basically your full wingspan away from you so that if you get to the boundary, you can't possibly cross it. Now, the other problem that they had, so when I set up my Oculus Quest in my in my studio, I can't set the space small enough to be able to reach my arms past it and not punch anything and still have what it called an adequate play space to even make this work. So you, you, you try that and you keep end up, it's breaking your immersion because you keep touching the boundary and you end up just shutting it off is probably worst case scenario because you're like, okay, I can't stand this. Then you're in a mm-hmm. real unsafe zone. So that's, that's kind of the Oculus experience. I've heard it's similar, but is it, is it exactly the same on the Vive? The Vive is a little bit different. It goes through the Steam VR setup, but I think that the boundaries show up even when your hand starts to get close to the boundary and not just your right. headset. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's the same way. It is. But Steam also does a little bit of trickery where you measure out your space and then it slightly brings in your boundary. <laughs> and so everywhere you can slightly go outside your boundary and be just fine. Ah, see, Oculus should have adopted that little bit because it really doesn't. You set that mm-hmm. thing right where it is and then you just you have to be about to touch it before it starts to warn you right it kind of needs a little suggestion it has suggestions when you set it up but it should add the new suggestion of give if you can like give like i don't know half a foot to a foot at least of some uh some barrier around your play space <laughs> yeah at least because i mean if you reach your arm out what is that about a foot and a half for most people at least that they can reach out uh mm. Well, and this is still PC we're talking. So for all of our PSVR lovers out there, you know, there is almost no safeguards built in for the PSVR system. So the only real safeguard it has, because, okay, when they designed PSVR, they designed it to be sitting down on your couch and playing. That's why they didn't make it 360. They didn't suggest standing. That was all the developers and the people that wanted these experiences and just made it happen on PSVR. It wasn't supposed to. So they thought this wasn't going to be an issue. PSVR, the only time it will warn you is if you start to walk outside of the zone where the camera can see you. So if you go too far to the left, too far to the right, and that has no bearing on what's in that zone. It's just if you get out of it. But that means you can get as close to that camera as you want to before it will most likely warn you. And where does Sony tell you to put the camera? Right on top of your flat screen expensive TV and right in the freaking center of it. Uh. So what can you do? You can run right up when you're playing Creed and punch the TV. And there's many videos. Check them out on YouTube. Many VR fail videos. They're hilarious. But a lot of TVs have gotten broken because of that. Um, I think PlayStation's in cahoots with the TV makers. <laughs> probably. They, well, Sony sells TVs. So that's oh, you're right. I sense a conspiracy TV. here. <laughs> yes. Break the TV. A little notification pops up. Do you need a new TV? And it provides <laughs> links to their website. <laughs> yep. yep. Affiliate links. Uh, My biggest suggestion, no matter what VR headset you have, how good the safeguards are, buy yourself either some interlocking foam mats or a heavy rug, something that when you step off of it, your brain's going to go, whoa, something changed and slow you down. 
Put that in the center of your play space and stick to it. That is going to do more than any of these safeguards combined. And if you buy those interlocking mats, you can make them as big as you need or as small as you need. There's even specific mats built for VR. They're overly expensive, but VR Ninjas makes one. It's like 80 bucks, but it's a thick mm-hmm. foam. And the front of it also has a slight, di- slightly different like a chain link pattern so that you can feel when you're facing forward if you're not supposed to be. And then you can also, if you start to step with that mat, you're going to realize something's wrong. That's my top tip for safety. That's going to help keep people from getting too wild with your VR headset and risking everything you own. It's a good suggestion. I, I use a rug, but it's just at the borders. So it's not like I really step off of it and like, oh, that's that's my cue. Um, and Let's see, that's just here when my studio studio, I don't have anything. So maybe I should implement. But it's so small. That I, I, it's one of those places where if I make it any smaller than this actual space I have available, it's like, you can't play. So, <laughs> yep. Yep. so you got to like, I, I have my own solutions for that. But first, Adam, do you have anything in particular? I have. So in my experience, the biggest problems that occur with safety aren't actually the people that own the vr headsets it's when you invite friends or family over Mm. and they try out the vr headsets and so i think the number one way to stay safe is to strap on the vr headset onto your friends and give them a quick safety tutorial sort of walk them up to the boundary show them what the boundary looks like and say don't pass this point and Honestly, I wish that they offered that for first-time VR users. <laughs> yeah. Like, have, that is the absolute most safe way that I've been able to show VR to my friends and family. And I wish that Steam or Oculus would have that sort of tutorial in-game in the VR headset. You put it on, it has you walk up to your boundary and just show you how to be safe in VR. That's I would. what I wish. <laughs> You're touching on something, actually, that I hugely wish they had. And that is a tutorial because i am constantly showing my vr setup to people because it's so fun to share and i would love a whole like you're saying a whole tutorial that just shows you safety how to use the grip and everything like i have some there's some titles that like kind of like at least warm you up to vr and that's what i use like a oculus first contact is my go-to like i'll put someone in this and then we'll move (laughs) on to whatever's next but yeah, just something to get someone familiar with VR itself, not just like the immersion of VR, would be, I think, pretty useful. I, I would love that. What's your success been? Have you never had any accidents doing that with people? Well, I mean, I did just tell you the story of where I punched a wall. <laughs> that was you. That was you. So how, how have the guests been? Have they acclimated to it and not done anything wrong or even after your... Because there's there's a meme that you'll see a lot, uh, especially on Reddit. It's like the SpongeBob meme where he's holding some sort of scroll and it'll say anything, but it'll say like, hey, stick to the Guardian Zone. And then they immediately throw it in the fire and let it... Oh, yeah. That's... <laughs> I don't think it's SpongeBob, but I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. So it's like that's even no matter what warning you give, sometimes people just do whatever they want want the minute they get the headset on so i'm i'm curious with your extra care you're giving does it seem to really hone it in for them that they need to learn this and do it right it has helped every single person except one Uh-oh. <laughs> who got way too excited and competitive when trying to beat the high score of his wife <laughs> Let's and in his exuberance punched a wall of course <laughs> beat saber i presume it wasn't beat saber it was oh. an archery game called hollow point Oh, oh. And in Hollow Point, um, I don't know if you've heard of Hollow Point. Um, no. 
It is a archery game. You're in a studio or um, a dojo and you have to shoot arrows at these different targets. And sometimes the targets will fire back at you and you have to dodge out of the way. Um, and so it is a really, it, it really gets your blood pumping. Um, and for this one guy in particular, he really got enthusiastic about it and dodged into a wall. <laughs> but other than that one friend who got way too competitive, it funny has worked perfectly. My, my <laughs> in IRL safety tutorial has done a pretty mm-hmm. good job of helping show people that, hey, this is awesome. This is pretty immersive. You really got to be aware of the wall. (laughs) (laughs) The wall. I think, I don't think we've touched on this. I think this actually might be a good topic to talk about in coming weeks, but I don't know how many of you actually enjoy or actively play VR horror games. That is occasionally. That is one thing where no matter what kind of warning you give someone, their fear and terror is going to override everything you've done to try to convince them. So, I mean, there's, there's some videos of like people literally just running, turning around and running as fast as they can from the scary thing (laughs) until they either hit a wall, they run out of cord or something happens. So there are there are certain games that another nod to Beat Saber. They did a good job making a game that actually keeps you in place and playing without risking it. And then there's other games like horror games where you're going to completely lose who you are, where you are, and bad things are just possibly going to happen. So in those <laughs> cases, put some pillows in front of your TV, put things around, like do whatever you can to just make it as safe as possible. But no, if you have a friend over, you put them in something scary, you're putting your stuff at risk. So you got to mm-hmm. just accept that. Speaking of pillows in front of TVs, so this was my solution for VR safety when I was in this small space that like had no space, and kind of like I didn't put pillows in front of my TV, but what I did do was I went to a Lowe's and just bought some super cheap TV-sized cardboard. But it wasn't like it wasn't like the one-layer cardboard; it was like the really thick stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I just bought that super cheap. And cut it to size. The cutting was the hardest part of that, to be honest. It took more time than <laughs> going to Lowe's and coming back. <laughs> so, but you could, I mean, you can use like industrial foam or whatever and just put that in front of your TV. And people have punched that twice now at that. I, I'm a crazy person. I bring guests even into that space. And that has saved my TV so many times. Just something, a barrier that doesn't weigh a lot puts you have to be careful because if you're like tv is like uh, uh, sitting on something then someone is still fully capable of actually knocking your tv over so take (laughs) account for that but if it's mounted or just uh, mine was already like up against a wall and i tested it ahead of time and it was okay to lean back um you know just put something really cheap in front of the tv who help paint over it if you want it to like look nicer or something but that went a long way for me and that's a really good point. So far, we've talked primarily about software issues to safety or fixes for safety. But hardware issues is a very good way of, you know, actually making sure that things stay safe IRL. One thing mm-hmm. that I wish and one thing that Vive actually does pretty well is they have a breakaway box and that maybe won't protect your wall. But if you get too far away and the cord gets around you, instead of pulling your whole desktop off of it, there's a little breakaway box where... It'll become unplugged. Game will shut down. Mm-hmm. Keeps everything pretty safe. But mm-hmm. one thing that I wish, I don't know if you're familiar with the index controllers. I use the index controllers right now. And they have this nice big ring around it, um, around the back of your wrist for tracking. 
I wish that they would just have something or put foam around that or put something around the front of it too, just with foam on it. <laughs> just so if you do happen to accidentally go out, these little, I don't know, foam brass knuckles <laughs> will punch the wall instead of your fist and hopefully won't as seriously damage anything as actually punching something would. Right. Yeah. Like how, exp- like the same with like these Oculus controllers, they have these big old rings on the top of them. How hard would it be and how expensive would it be to just install some like rubber there? You're not plastic. Exactly. I bet that would go a long way towards at least like if you, if that hits someone, it's not going to hurt as much that in like a very small sense. <laughs> I don't know. It would just, I would feel safer knowing that these had rubber around them, not plastic. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's hard to get a signal through that. <laughs> it, it is and like there's actually quite a few silicone grips now that will cover the ring but you got to check the reviews because some of them have big enough holes that the infrared lights still show and some of them don't at all and feel like these completely oh, wow. destroy your tracking oh. and they're useless so there is those that people have tried in their solutions and i went to a vr arcade that had vibes and they had actual plastic cages built around the sensors on I the outside those. <laughs> which were probably helpful but man they made them strangely more front heavy even the vive controllers are already pretty front heavy and these things made it even worse you felt like you're having to like hold up an axe from the bottom of it when you were holding these <laughs> controllers uh playstation vr is one that that the the balls on top people don't realize are soft and squishy right Ooh. it makes such a difference when you hit stuff on accident with those it really absorbs the impact and it doesn't break anything so yeah there's Almost definitely like they thought people would do that yeah there definitely <laughs> needs to be more in the way of that especially because with these oculus controllers for those of you who don't have them these rings on top aren't very strong either there's tons of pictures right where they've hit stuff and they crack pretty easily so you need to safeguard these more than pretty much any other vr controller on the market Mm -hmm. all right i think we're going to wrap things up there we're now approaching it's hard to say because we had that we have that the the technical difficulty in the middle of the podcast so my little time code stamp is off but i think we're at roughly an hour here good time to wrap up before we go just want to mention again we have the giveaway happening that's going to be on the Discord channels in time for the upcoming podcast. So if you give me one second, I can tell you literally that date, <laughs> the 29th. On the 29th, we will be giving away. Let's bring my hands back. We will be giving away, let's see, what was it? Super Hot VR. Again, for that, that's just the general. Discom, Discom, Discord community, and just hop into our Discord. We'll have a link below. We'll have a link in the YouTube channel. Links everywhere, and that's how you can get into the 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 runnings for Super Hot VR. And then we have Skyrim VR for our patron community. That's five dollars a month over at Patreon.com/slash Full Dive Gaming, I believe it is. And if I'm wrong, check the description. And I think that's it. Yes, Podcast and those are two. Steam Steam VR codes. Right. Right. Steam VR. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Oculus people that want just <laughs> Oculus games for some reason. And that's it. That brings a wrap to the second Full Dive Game podcast. Full Dive Gaming. <laughs> Thank <Podcast>. you. <laughs> See you later, everyone. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye.